1: Hey wrestling fans out there, this is referee Vinnie Lax. Listen to Stu's Wrestling Podcast wherever podcasts are found. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time. Your host, Stu Palmer.
0: This It's a huge, huge moment for the show, the Stu's Wrestling Podcast, as I have got one half of Monty and the Pharaoh's Michael Monty on the show today. Monty and the Pharaoh has become one of the most well-known wrestling slash variety shows and broadcasts in the world of wrestling and beyond. Mike and the Pharaoh have had so many fantastic guests, ex-WWF, ex-WCW, even guys from the territorial days way back when. So there's yeah, so much to ask Mike. I look up to Mike, and in terms of broadcasting and what they get to put together every week, is fantastic. So, are we ready? I think we are. It's time for Michael Monty, one half of the Monty and the Pharaoh. Long Island's number one wrestling broadcast. Here we go. My guest today from Long Island in New York, who hosts with the Pharaoh, co-host of the Pharaoh, the host of Monty and the Pharaoh, one of my favorite wrestling programs, interview, shoot shows that there is. It's Mr. Michael Monty from New York in the good old US of A. Hey, we finally have made it
1: on to Stu's Wrestling Podcast, letting us... uh... Had this opportunity to work with you, Stu. Uh, greatly appreciate it, and thank you for that wonderful intro, my friend.
0: Thank you so so much, man. I love I love the work you do. I love that you get the old guys from the industry on because I'm I'm more fond of the '80s and the and the early '90s as well. A lot of people say, "Well, do you like the attitude era?" I love the attitude era, but I like to harken back to the '80s and '90s. So yeah, the platform you give the guys because they had great stories, didn't they?
1: Uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny you say that, uh, you know, we still watch today's wrestling, but as you get older, right. Just in anything else in your life, it's not the same. So having the opportunity to actually interview these heroes that you grew up watching, it's, uh, it's kind of a humbling feeling. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's, it's, it's a big deal. So yeah, uh, we love the old school style. We love taking a deep dive into the thoughts of these, uh, these tenured veterans, uh, veterans uh, of pro wrestling, for sure.
0: I'm, I'm going to ask you now. Obviously, you know, you guys keep it very, very fresh, and you know, we hear we hear new stories from from you know, yesteryear. Especially, I'll I'll pull one up actually. Tony Atlas. Now we've obviously seen on Dark Side of the Ring them talking about the murder of Bruiser Brody. Uh, you know, horrific to this day, horrific to this day. You know, nobody's been held to account for it over in Puerto Rico. We've heard the stories, haven't we? But we got—I got more out of Tony Atlas when he was on with you guys than I did. You know, on the you know internationally known Dark Side of the Ring. So yeah, just speaking to Tony about that, and how did you and the Pharaoh feel when he was opening up about what what happened that night?
1: So that's a a really great question, Stu. Uh, That's a very interesting story. So Monty DeFaro is not based on – we we, we don't always want to talk about the same old stuff that everybody speaks about. So we had Tony on a few times before that. I don't know how many times, maybe two. And Farrow kept on saying, when are we going to go into the Brody stuff? And I'm like, dude, like the Brody stuff has been covered a million, million times. How many times can we hear the same story? And, you know, to uh, credit of my partner, Jimmy, um, he always tells me whether they tell the same story or not. When, when they're speaking to Monty and to Farrow, there always seems to be a different twist to it. Maybe it's just the way we present ourselves and the guys get a lot really comfortable with us. So we asked the question to Tony, and uh, to this day, it's probably our one of our most watched videos. So when Tony's telling a story, I'm sitting back and I'm like, wow, this is totally different. I mean, look, the basis of the story doesn't change, but the way he presents it, uh, was amazing, and it ended up being an amazing story. And again, like you said, probably the, one of the more tragic stories in pro wrestling. But as we get to listen to these uh, gentlemen and uh, hear these stories, there's a lot of horrific stories out there. And uh, you and I were speaking yesterday. We were doing some test runs. And the one thing I think we both have in common, we're not into the dirt. Look, if you ask a question, someone tells a story, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, the one thing that Jimmy and myself do is we allow people to speak and have their own opinion, whether we agree with it or not really doesn't matter. Right. That's not that's not what we're here for. Do we have debates on a show? Absolutely. That's what the show is based on. Right. It's kind of like you being at a pub, having a beer, talking to a wrestler and just discussing whatever the subject is. Look, we've had guys speak about religion for an hour. Uh, politics for an hour, their children or their families for an hour. I think that's what separates ourselves from everybody else. And again, some people really love it. Some people don't love it. But yeah, back to the Tony thing. Um, still a very shocking story. And still to this day, I'm unsure who really had their hands in this. Uh, I have my opinions, but mm. uh, I, I, I really don't know.
0: Uh, just uh, the fact that his life was cut so short you know he was one of the one of the top stars at, at that time you know even further back and uh, you know unfortunately for me i didn't get to see him in a in a live capacity you know he, he was gone like two years after i was born it was, 80, <laughs> well, it was 88 wasn't it when it yeah, went, yeah. when it occurred so i was born in 86 but looking back man um, his career and, and what he was about in japan uh, you know, he he was but he was beloved man, but he was scary. <laughs> a bit like it's the same ilk as Stan Hansen, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, we grew up in the Northeast here, so we had very limited touches on Bruiser Brody, right? Uh, when we finally got WCCW on cable, um, you got to see him a little bit, right? Uh, but overall, yeah, we also, you know, we're older than you, but. We also had our limited views of Bruce or Brody. We always wonder to this day is during the Hulk Hogan era, which is uh, I think Farrow and myself's favorite. What is it? The golden era, they call it, I guess. Um, If Brody would have come up here, God knows what kind of WrestleMania could have been made out of that situation. So, yeah, uh, that whole event was a shame for all of us, especially as wrestling fans, that we didn't get the opportunity to see Brody in that position.
0: I've got two gentlemen to ask you about. Now, we've spoken off camera about this. Now, I didn't find out about JJ Maguire's passing. It was a month later, and I messaged you. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And I had him on, had him on in uh, last last year, last year, man. And it caught me. It caught me off guard. It was late, late here. And I just couldn't believe he was gone, man. But I know you've had JJ on. He, he created so much great music with Jimmy Hart. And you know what? Such a lovely, lovely gentleman. We stayed in contact after. He messaged me. Uh, what a great guy. And then off the back of him as well, Del Wilkes as well, another man, you know, tra- tragically gone at 59 years of age. I had Del on another guy who, who kept in touch, man. Um, just great guys that you've had in studio with you.
1: So um, JJ ended up being a very close, close personal friend. Uh, we spoke quite often. Um, just like, you know, just like in real life, right. Uh, things get in the way. So you get busy at work, you get busy with your family. We've obviously got the show. So, um, right before JJ's passing, um, unfortunately he was reaching out to me quite often because we were planning on bringing him back to New York and, you know, I just couldn't take his call, but I, I did speak to him about, um, I guess right when Cody Rhodes was, being rumored to coming back to the wwe and he had spoken to me and we had we had discussed him coming back up um the one thing i'll say about jj mcguire is the guy had a heart of gold it's uh look the guy had a great career he uh like you said he made great music he was a huge influence in the sport of wrestling also in in the uh, world of rock and roll right we can't forget that either and uh it's unfortunate that enough people don't know about J.J. McGuire. Hopefully, people do do their homework in the future. Um, but his passing uh, was a shock to me. And when you wrote when you wrote me, um, it was uh, it was just very shocking. But still, on a positive note, the one thing I think I could speak for the Faro on this too, the one advantage that we've gotten from having the show is getting the opportunity to make and build relationships with people like J.J. McGuire and yourself. Uh, I mean, the list is long and you make these friends and uh, you, you know, you're better for it as a human being and you're better for it. uh, You know, it just, it just, it's just something special for your life, Stu. So um, yeah, it it was, it was sad, but J.J. left his mark and uh, what a wonderful human being
0: unreal what was your favorite song penned by him and jimmy if you can look back in the in the annals of time obviously the wwf theme songs i mean it's over a 100 songs and the wcw ones when they went over but yeah which song sticks out for you that they they produce together i would think sexy boy would
1: probably be the best song right uh you know i mean who doesn't know that song i mean think about that You made a song that every wrestling fan loved. And, you know, obviously Demolition, too. Uh, But, um, yeah, I would go with Sexy Boy. Uh, In fact, one of my favorite moments is when uh, Wisteria Hall, Jimmy's band, played with J.J. in studio. And uh, it was, uh, you know, again, it's... Look, think about what you're doing right now, Stu. You're recording history, right? When you're gone and I'm gone... You're forever going to be seen in some sort of fashion, and maybe, you know, you talked about you were born and Bruiser Brody was gone fairly quickly, but you still get the respect and love the man by watching videos, right? You're creating that right there. So, again, you know, J.J. may be gone physically, but, you know, people's souls, he's still with us.
0: Demolition my favourite. I told him that when we did the interview. Just amazing, amazing. I just, I just can't get over the fact just how many songs they penned and just incredible, incredible. And also, just to go off that a little bit, his book, My Life in Heaventown, I'm, I'm going to purchase it. When I get a second to sit down, I'm going to purchase the book. I did promise him that when we were on camera. So, yeah, you know, just to get some more information on him and his wonderful life and career.
1: Well, you won't be disappointed. It's a very good read. Uh, I read it when he had, when I first had met him. He, we had sent it, get it ready for the show. But yeah, it's a really, really good read. I got to tell you, there's a, there's a lot of real wonderful uh, wrestling books out there that even if you're not a wrestling fan, uh, they're they're very intriguing and the stories that that they tell uh, are, are pretty wonderful. So yeah, I would recommend it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now on to Del Wilkes, another guest I had on in 2020. Another guy, another guy kept in contact after, you know, it just, and again, you know, terrible, terrible news. That was when we had that last year as well. But uh, yeah, another man, another man, you know, heart on his heart on his sleeve. And I think, again, he, he had a wonderful career as well within wrestling. And you've had him, you had him in studio as well. Dell, um, so
1: when Dell was in, he was in with uh, Buff Bagwell. And, you know, we pretty much spoke about politics and the state of the country. Uh, I think that's where Dell really, that's where his heart was at this, at least at this time of his life. Um, He was a really, really another very special human being. Uh, We spoke quite a few, you know, quite a few times and uh, another sad passing. But, um, you know, look, you know, I smile when you bring these names up because I think about the good moments, right? I don't you know of course i was sad but uh you know in the end uh dell left his mark and uh look it's also you know dell said it right he had a he had a lot of substance abuse problems and you know between you know the usage of steroids and uh what other kind of pills he was taking or whatever else and maybe the addiction to alcohol uh you know what it turns out to be you know eventually it affects the body and unfortunately
0: Go to your happy place For a happy price Go to your happy price Priceline just, just so, so sad, man. I'll tell you, I, I spoke to him about it. I said uh, his timing in WWF is relatively short. Mm. Uh, he, he was going... W- w- when he was with Brett and they, they were doing that programme, like I said, there was still more legs in that. Because, it, it, you know, Brett was my favourite. But I was... <laughs> I was conflicted because I like the Patriot, obviously, stars and stripes in WCW. So I told him, I said, as much as Brett was my favourite, still my favourite of all time. I said, you had me conflicted because I loved him, you know, coming out in his mask and his American regalia, obviously. Uh, just uh, that that feud could have gone longer, you know, had issues not have come in, in, into play. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I always think about Bret Hart, the whole Canada
1: Canada gimmick. Mm. That you're you're right. That had legs beyond where they went with it. And uh, you know, I ask you, why were you such a great Bret Hart oh, fan? Wow. Like, what makes Bret your favorite of all time? Ta-
0: technically what he could do, what he could do in there. Um, I think it, it, it even went down to what he was wearing as a kid. Your subconscious isn't really there, is it? I think it was the pink and black when I was a lot younger. And uh, I could just tell as much as, you know, when you're younger, you're not much in the loop with it and you, your respect levels grow as you get older for what they did. But yeah, he, he was just my my hero, man. And then uh, that SummerSlam 92. I've said about this many, many times. I was in attendance with my dad. And uh, you know, I wish I'd been a little bit older, Mike, being at that show because I was only six years old. But Bulldog and him, Lennox Lewis coming out with the Union Jack, uh, I can remember all the fireworks going off. But yeah, back to Brett, just, just the, it was a clinic every time, and uh, the, the the feud the feud were perfect. And then, you know, two years later at King of the Ring, where they were in, in the match together, you know, Mr. Perfect, his back was shot. Mm. But you wouldn't have known, you wouldn't have known, would you? That was testament to Kurt Hennig. But yeah, just Brett in general, man, I just gravitated to him. Uh, not not the best on, on the stick, but going back to the Canada bit, that's where he found himself. And uh, had WCW not come in for him and all the issues... I think, like you say, we could have seen a lot more. But I think with Del Wilkes, it was a timing thing, wasn't it? Because obviously they were getting Brett ready for Sean, weren't they? You know, months, a couple of months after that. Yeah, it's funny,
1: right? I guess, uh, you know, you always hear the stories. Again, I'm not on, I'm not any the inside, but you always hear the story that they're writing these scripts well in advance right six months in advance seven months in advance so they stay the course but it is funny i i agree with you they could have went a lot longer with that patriot bret Hart thing that thing did have legs but uh, you know again um i enjoyed the patriots stay up here uh i also enjoyed him in wcw when he was with buff bagwell right stars and stripes so you know again i was always a a Patriot guy for some reason. So the one thing I did miss is um, I I wanted Dell to wear the mask in studio. And, and, you know, one of our big jokes is we love, we love when mass wrestlers are around because we want to see them like eat and drink with their mask on because it's like, you know, (laughs) I think if, I think if we were wrestlers, we, I'd wear a mask. You know what I mean? It it seems kind of fun. Right. So.
0: It's amazing. Amazing. Now you've had countless (laughs) guests on the show and mm-hmm. I, it's again i use this terminology i'm not saying you're playing favorites but some moments that stick in your mind that have been on the show maybe some like funny funny moments that you can you know from, from memory being doing the show man and there's there's
1: on. there's uh there's there's so many man. um i mean i don't know my favorite so again i we don't really mark out, right? It's like, we're at a point now in our lives, right? You're a human being. I'm a human being. Obviously, we respect what every everybody's done for the industry. and uh, But I will tell you, I would say our favorite moment was when Bob Backlund was in the studio. Thanks. You know, we grew up on Backlund, right? Hating Backlund. Hating every second that he was champion. And... uh and then as you get older, you realize what this guy meant to you growing. I mean, you know, geez, we had four years as him as champion, watching him knock off the best of the best. And, you know, you're rooting for every bad guy around. And here he is in studio. And uh, just the, the the respect that you have for him, I, I would say that was probably our favorite, favorite moment. And and we, had, you know, look, we we... We have a lot of laughs with all our guests, right? We just, you know, we have a good time. So, um, I would say the I like the emotional side of when the guests are in there, um, where they where they get emotional, speaking about either their fallen brothers or their families. Um, I like the inside deep dive of what's going on in their mind. You know, it's funny. Um, recently, I think CM Punk. Came out with a uh, anti-abortion T-shirt during a wrestling show, and I didn't know where I stood on that. I I I, I didn't agree with it at the time, and then I started to evaluate. Um, you know, every uh, anybody who watches show understands. I am not a CM Punk guy. I don't like CM Punk. I don't like his agenda. I don't like people with agendas. Right? It's like you got to take care of yourself and. Uh, stay away from agendas but anyway i digress i I was thinking about how out of line i thought maybe it was for a wrestling show but then i said you know what this is kind of what pharaoh and i do right we interview people and we ask them their political thoughts we ask them their religious thoughts so really was cm punk off by doing that so uh you know in my mind i have to take a retraction and go you know what i guess it's okay he was wearing that t-shirt but as far as the show goes, I enjoy hearing what the wrestlers think, uh, what their thought process are, you know, uh, you know, anti-Trump, pro-Trump, uh, bro, pro-Biden, anti-Biden, uh, anything they speak about. Uh, you know, um, one of the funniest moments, though, I would say is Missy Hyatt. Uh, I never thought I would meet someone that was such an open book. She just and she you know again you don't know if you're being gimmicked here Stu, right so Absolutely. when you're having these conversations you're like all right are they you know they could be working you have no clue um but this this lady had she had no filter man it was just all out saying how she felt uh she actually got us suspended for two weeks with her comments no.
0: so <laughs> there you go oh no oh, <laughs> oh. again again you know she i think the the amount of things you see and read about her and you know there's stuff that's been traipsed up about her but for her to be an open book man you know yeah it's it's incredible it's incredible and i I like the fact that people aren't
1: ashamed who they are right you know we all make mistakes we're all human beings and they're not ashamed on any you know with anything that happened and i like that i don't you know again i don't like uh when people are so guarded, right? It's like, if you're going to do an interview, let's not be so guarded. Speak your, speak your, speak your thoughts and, and let the people hear what you have to say, no matter what the repercussions are. Right. And, uh, and really what kind of repercussions are there. Right. So
0: you live in within the New York state area. Mm. I've got to, I've got to ask you now when, when you were watching it many years ago, some some matches, I'm I'm assuming you went to MSG a lot, uh, you know, so yeah, just matches, man, that you've got to see over the years that stand out.
1: Um, so I was a frequent visitor to MSG. So um, my favorite match of all time, of all time, was the war to settle a score. Hulk Hogan against Roddy Piper. That's the start of rock and wrestling. We, uh, we took the train. We, we were at the top of the garden, like the last seat. There's no seats to be held. I think we bought it from a scalper. Uh, me, and my friends, uh, and <laughs> Stu. When I think about that match to this day, I still get chills. That place was unglued for for thirty minutes, and you know it's funny. Hulk Hogan, for you know, again, today's wrestling fan, they're always looking for the great wrestling match. To me, wrestling's not about that. Wrestling is about how they can drag you in, make you invested. If you're not invested, look, dude, we're older, right? So when we we're kids, it's much easier to get invested. These are your superheroes. Of course, you're going to care. That's almost nature. But as you get older, things change, right? You know, God, if we were interviewing someone at 10 years old and you know, you were interviewing Dell Wilkes at 10 years old. I I bet you the interview that Stu did at 10 would be completely different than the yeah. interview you're doing now, right? So my point is is to me, Hulk Hogan is the GOAT, right? That guy changed wrestling forever. Some of the greatest, in my opinion, wrestling matches. And when I say wrestling matches, I mean what they meant to the people and the industry. You know, I hear a lot of, you know, I make fun of a lot of people. I'm going to use the quotes here, the pro wrestling experts, right? That always want to talk about these high-level matches or like the Ricky Steamboats-Rick Flair match, for example. To me, it was a good match. I watched it, okay? I watched it live numerous times. It was a great match, but it was nowhere in comparison to the stuff that we saw in the 80s with Hulk Hogan uh, from... Hogan-Andre, which I still consider the greatest match of all time. Those guys didn't have to do a single thing. And 90,000, you know, a billion people were crazy over it. Let's not forget about the main event on Friday with Hogan, uh, on a Friday night with Hogan and Andre when Andre wins the belt. Macho Man Savage, WrestleMania five against Hogan. Ultimate Warrior against Hogan. And then even in later years, The Rock against Hogan. But going back to me personally, The war to settle the score, the buildup between Piper and Hogan, where you – now, you got to think about this still. Piper probably was six foot at best. Um, He probably was taking some of the gas at the point. So let's just put him at 220, all right, at best. Going against a 280-pound, six-foot-seven dude who's larger than life, and you're like – this guy's gonna beat Hulk Hogan and take that title away, and there was no question that this was could definitely happen. And by the time this this whole story had built up, it, Stu, if I again, if I could bring you in that arena, Madison Square Garden on that day, there would be no doubt in my mind. I know you said you were there. What well, you said you were there for the British Bulldog and Bret Hart, right? Um, you might say that was the greatest match you've ever saw in your life. And the way they go at it, punching. What well, Eddie? I, you know, I don't have to. If you want to watch it, just go watch on YouTube or go watch the Ward Settle the score, the whole MTV thing. But uh, to me, that probably was the greatest. Man, I've seen them all. Man, I was
0: there for Snooker. Oh my and, days! And, and Morocco, I was there. Unbelievable. I was, I think, yeah, unbelievable! Yeah. Mick Foley, you know, Mick Foley when he said over the years on documentaries, he was there. Just man, incredible, incredible. I got to, I got to MSG in 2013 for the Hall of Fame. But we were staying in New Jersey because obviously the show, the big show was at MetLife. Uh, so we were in and out, in and out of New York for the week. So I, I got to see Bruno, you know, go in, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, man, I was, I've was, i got to get to Madison Square Garden. So uh, yeah, just, you know, the Mecca, it is the Mecca.
1: Well, you, you mentioned Bruno. So when I first started watching wrestling, uh, again, I credit Faro for that, right? Because, you know, when we met each other in junior high. It's funny, we we met each other in junior high and he was a wrestling fan and I kind of scoffed at it, right? I was like, I I don't watch that stuff, right? Whatever. And then I kind of got into it. So I caught Bruno at the further part of his career. But I also caught him at a younger age because we had something called the Comac arena and the Comac arena was like a, a side arena. I think it might've held like 5,000 people. If that, right. I don't hold me to that number. All the wrestling pro experts out there. You got the number wrong, Monty. I get my numbers wrong all the time, so I don't hold me to it. But anyway, I saw San Martino there and, uh, you, let's not forget what the guys before Hogan did that led to that, or you know, the guys that led to what wrestling is today. So, absolutely, uh, you know, again, people, I guess, whoever watched San Martino back in the heyday at the Garden would probably disagree with my Hogan statements, right? they probably, probably were like, I was there for Bruno, and it was different. We always got to remember something, though. That look we all understand that cable television changed the game but you know as great as bruno was bruno would never have been the guy to bring an organization like the wwe to the heights that they rose to you needed a larger than life character and bruno was a larger than life character to the italians in new york mm-hmm. which i am right mm-hmm. um as Morales was to the Spanish and you know, yada yada yada. So Bruno would not have been the guy. And I will argue that to the to the cows go home. Hogan was the right guy at the right moment. So
0: it's just, just amazing, amazing. Joe, you know I was gutted he wasn't at Summers on 92. You know, looking back, but obviously they 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 put flair in involved with Warrior and Savage that night, didn't they? You know, yeah. it's it still it still drew, it still drew off the basis that we had Bulldog there. You know, uh, but yeah, man, Hogan just, and then more latterly, uh, even even at WrestleMania thirty when they had the three of them come out at the start, I was in attendance at the Superdome, and uh, you know, Austin coming out, The Rock, they, they weren't even wrestling; they were just talking, and the place just came unglued, man. You can't, you can't. It's hard to hard to explain to people who've watched it on telly and then people that have been in attendance like like you have for so many great matches over the years do you do you do you still go to live matches i haven't been to i went to dallas in 2016 i went okay. to... that was the last wrestlemania i did um but i've just people are asking why you not going to cardiff for clash at the castle because it's in south wales i'm in north wales uh, mike I'm not being, what's the word? I'm not being boastful, but I've seen some, some huge moments in the States at WrestleMania. Uh, I have, I've told people this because they were adamant. They were like, you're going to go to that show. But the, price, the prices are inflated, Mike. The prices, the ticket prices are ridiculous, but people will pay it because it's the biggest, it's the first stadium show we've had in 30 years. Right. It's, in, it's inflated. It's ridiculous. But that's, that's the state of play with WWE now, isn't it? Well, I'm speaking like an old man now, so I I went, what was it, Evolution,
1: right, the first women's pay-per-view, I think that might have been the last live, right, I wanted to be part of that, so I was sitting on the floor, and I got to tell you, it was maybe the worst experience of my life at any sporting event I went to, so it's funny, like I told you about War to Settle the Score being this great, great event, and I look, I'm a baseball fan, football fan, right, Um, but I got to tell you, it, it it was just a really bad time because it's just a different audience now. Uh, you just, just the whole interaction and, uh, you know, again, maybe it's my age or whatever else, but, uh, I'm kind of with you. I told Farrell, I don't think I will ever, unless I go as press, will never go to another live wrestling match. Again, it just, to me, it wasn't enjoyable. It, It just didn't have the same feel. And again, it just, you know, again, it could be my age, who knows, you know what I mean? But, you know, again, That's the problem that's that's happening right now with the whole AEW, WWE thing, right? People don't get the WWE is not uh, catering to Mike Monty or Stu, right? We're not in their core audience anymore. It's moved on, and back in the 80s, they were playing to us yeah. because we were the future wrestling fans. We are no longer the future wrestling fans. People have to understand that. So when people are like, I want this hardcore, real wrestling, I don't want this child thing and everything else. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show
0: is called The, the deal.
1: deal.
0: Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. They're
1: Bret Hart, you mentioned it before growing up, the colors, just Bret Hart the ultimate warrior, right? There is this guy, long hair, speaks like a crazy man. Kids love this guy, right? This is, this is what it's about. It's not for us anymore. So, and I'm kind of okay with that, right? Because, again, look, I have no problem interviewing guys that are wrestling now. I get offers all the time uh, to bring them in. Um, but it's probably not the uh, core value of the Monty and the Faro show we're kind of into the let's talk to the older guys and uh give them their time right so
0: i i do watch aw just to scoot over to aw I, I enjoy i do enjoy it i've got to be i've got to be honest i really 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 enjoy it what what are your thoughts with how they've gone, gone about it obviously we know tony khan's dad is worth four times as much personal wealth as Vince. I know it's about sponsorship TV. I know they won't want to use their personal wealth, you know, but at the end of the day, how do you feel that they've got on, you know, we've, we've reached three years. Uh, but what are your thoughts with how that's been going? Uh, the alternative for
1: the, for the other side of wrestling. It's a, it's a good idea, but it will never reach. Look, Wrestling isn't the same anymore, and you know, it kind of it kind of works in trends anyway. Uh, You know, you were part of the early '90s, right? Wrestling was not strong back there. I remember going to the Garden, where I think I could count the amount of people that were there. Like you look around, it wasn't the same. So I think a lot of people will say wrestling's never been better. I will disagree. I think wrestling's got its core audience, and what's happening now is that. There's the wrestling fan that really doesn't want to enjoy both products, right? They want to pick, pick sides. But, again, that's how we've been built, right? We've been built to choose. Look, you're wearing a soccer jersey, right? So you're picking you're picking your team. Everybody picks their team now. This is what we do. So it's Team WWE, Team AEW. So are they doing a good job? I guess they're doing a good job. Am I a fan of the product? Um Sometimes, I guess, is the answer. Uh, Right now, I enjoy women's wrestling the most. I think they give me that old school feel more than the men do. But overall, if I would say that there's only one real true superstar in wrestling uh, to the level of, we'll say, we'll call it a little outside John Cena, who, again, I've reiterated, I don't know if you agree with this, but John Cena was the last great, Pro wrestler.
0: I, I, ever. I, I love John mate. I love John. We were <laughs> two of the guys at WrestleMania over the years. I've jumped in a little bit here. They have the headband on and the and the obviously wristbands. Honestly, there's a photo, and like close friend of mine now. We, we met in America and we all live over here and you know become good friends. They were all they were all emblazoned in scene stuff, man. I've always hmm. res- I've always respected him. Mike, sorry, I jumped in there. No, it's fine. You're I, I good. love the man. I love the man because at the end of the day. When someone like Ric Flair is saying what he's done for the business, a man that's standing at Ric Flair, uh, you only have to listen to what he's said about Cena over the years. Uh, he's, he's, had, he's had a lot of shit, and necessary shit, I feel. But, you know, it's subjective. You're allowed your opinion, you know. Oh, I, I, ap, ap, absolutely. But again, like if it was to ask you,
1: you're this great wrestling fan, you know, who, in your opinion, are the five, are you, are the, let's just call five, greatest pro wrestlers of all time and forget about just wrestling just when i say wrestle i'm talking about my skills influence on the industry you know back of the baseball card
0: you know uh mike skills anything who are the who are the top five obviously it's gonna be brat brett is absolutely 100 hogan i've got to put hogan in there I, I was more ultimate warrior but if we're saying like you know I, I, I love Warrior. I love Warrior. But, you know, it, you know, I didn't really understand it that he was <laughs> that he was limited because, as you said, he had all the regalia on, and he, he, you know the way they did it, it was amazing. But then again, you know, he had two great matches with Savage. You know, uh, to be fair, I know that was the caliber of Savage. So yeah, him, him as well. Savage, I, I, I appreciated Savage more as I got older. I hated mm. him when he was heel. That's what they wanted. <laughs> That's what they wanted. That's what the machine wanted those youngsters to feel. But when I look back at like King Macho Man and all that, it was it was amazing. I think I got one more left here. No, uh, I got two,
1: I think, right? Uh, you got
0: I, I, Kurt, Kurt Hennig. Kurt Hennig's in there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a big man. I've got I've I've got to say Undertaker, just just for the for the longevity, and and you know, the, Vince McMahon and and the, obviously the Machine cultivating that character, but he had to go out there and do it, and you know, beating beating Hogan at Survivor Series, man, you know uh I, i've got to, i've got to put taker in there as well man i have to because of the time he was doing it the length of time so I'm, I'm listening to your list and who could disagree
1: with that list right now people can't disagree with yes, it but in the reality though when you look at it it's hard to argue you name some of the greatest stars of all time but my point is here you brought up rick flair you notice rick flair is not
0: on your list because uh, yeah, I, right? I could i could extend I, I said this to T.J. Wilson to Tyson Kidd when I had him on a couple of years ago, and we both agreed I could have a top twenty-five, and then and that and that's not um, that's just individuals. You know, I could mm-hmm. I could I could throw twenty-five with tag teams. I could easily I could extend the five. Flair, Flair's in there.
1: <laughs> okay, so Flair would be in your top twenty-five. Yeah. you think he'd be in your top ten?
0: Yeah. How how do you feel about Flair?
1: I've got to ask you. I thought Flair is one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a huge influence mm-hmm. on the industry, but when I think of the greatest of all time, Ric Flair is not on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, I can't argue with your list at all, no. but I could tell you what I could definitely put probably ten wrestlers before Ric Flair's even name even comes up in my mind, because let's be honest, Ric Flair was huge for the industry, but. He was at a time where he was in an organization that was limited. It was a limited organization. And we came up here, he did nominal damage. I will tell you that I went to the first Madison Square Garden Ric Flair Hulk Hogan match. I told, I told this story. The place was empty. It's, empty. It's,
0: it's, it's mad, isn't it? It's mad to think that. But then he was, he was NWA, wasn't he, through and through? Mm-hmm. It was a different type of audience uh, that that that's crazy, and then you know we didn't we didn't get the match at WrestleMania eight, but I know they did the house show circuit all them um, you know all them times. Uh, it's crazy that, that we didn't get it. But obviously, were, were they doing it on the basis of what you're saying that it didn't draw? Well, it's know? smart
1: business, right? They did the test market, and it wasn't doing well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean you're hitting it right on the head Stu. So uh, you know probably the best decision not to have that match. Uh, maybe if you look back in the annals of time and you go, man, imagine if they had that match, what it could have been. It, it was what it was. Uh, I think uh, as far as I remember, and I'll even go to the WCW stuff. I don't think the chemistry between Hogan and Flair was very good. I don't think their styles matched up. And uh, again, uh, Ric Flair is not in my top 10 greatest wrestlers. And here's another guy you didn't mention. And I've, I'm making a point here. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, yeah, he's not in your top ten.
0: I, I again, I, I respect the man. I, I, I respect the man, and you know, you look, you look at even even in the NWA with Flair, those matches, you know, Shytown Rumble and all. Um, yeah, again, I can make a case for him. And we haven't even touched upon tag teams. Some no. some of your favorite tag teams, man, just through through the through the eighties and stuff. All right, don't don't kill me for this.
1: All right. Well, you won't kill me. You won't kill me on the first one. My favorite tag team of all time is East West Connect, Adrian Adonis and Jesse Ventura. Um, I wasn't an AWA guy, but uh, I did watch them. And then when they came to the WWE, unfortunately, they didn't have a run together, really. But uh, they were incredible. And then the mega powers. You know, I argue with Farrell all the time about that. I felt that the Mega Power was one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Whether they, you know, again, I know they were put together for a reason. Yeah. But I love the Mega Powers. And if you want to just talk about pure tag teams, look, you got the Midnight Express. You got all that. But again, WWE guy, man. Uh, When the Road Warriors and Demolition, I was a Demolition guy, man. It was picking
0: sides. Demolition. I hated the Road Warriors, right? demolition again it's it's all the the, the parallels isn't it and, and then they say oh it was just like a knockoff a, a, a bullshit a bullshit to me man because i loved i loved uh and i got to meet him as well at wrestlecon years later billy billy man, unbelievable such a gentleman such an absolute gentleman you know uh barry barry was relatively quiet i don't know whether it was because i was excitable, but uh bill i, I spoke to bill uh, you know after after we got the photo and stuff, and uh, mad respect for him, and you know him is a singles guy as well, you know, but uh just yeah man just.
1: i'm I'm glad you brought that up uh, the mass superstar does not get enough credit mm. uh loved him in Georgia championship wrestling, and when he came up here, I was totally marking out uh Boy did I want him to beat Backlund, man. Boy did I want him <laughs> to beat Backlund. But uh, yeah, we had them in studio. Two gr- another pair of really good guys, uh, great conversationalists. Um, you know, you know. Again, here is Demolition, one of your favorite tag teams of all time, and they're sitting across the couch, and you're just having a casual conversation. And you're like, you know what? Life isn't so bad, right? You, you, you know, and so it kind of like ties that that childhood dream and you know and just ties it all together a nice little bow and you know you you, you tie it up but uh, <clears throat> again there might be probably you know might be people on here watching oh man look at these guys they're marks you know what i mean and it's like i don't even get that 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 term like what is a mark you know Why? Because you enjoy something uh, because you respect someone for what they do and you want to give them their flowers while they're alive and say, hey, thank you for making a difference in my life. I mean, look, man, wrestling, you know, I sold the story first when I met Farrow and he was a wrestling fan and he kind of turned me on to it and watching these guys. And being on the microphone, and they're big, right? They're, they're, they're monsters. And this goes back to our AEW conversation. You know, today's wrestler looks like you or me. You know what I mean? And, you know, not knocking you or me, but there was something special about watching a guy who looked like a superhero and spoke like a superhero, and he was going to do this and he was going to do that. And it kind of makes you, you know, as a kid, maybe come out of your shell a little bit. Be more comfortable speaking to people and the public because you feel confident. Or maybe it has you hit the weights and <clears throat> start taking your care of yourself. Whatever it's done for you, like you said about Brett, what he's done for you, right? So the, the terminology, Mark, fanboy, I, I, I've yet to get that, right? And I yet to get it even more, Stu, like for someone who's doing what you're doing, and to use that kind of terminology, because I, t- I will tell you that's a that's a hard, strong rule with Farrow or myself, is that a fan is a fan, right? Mm-hmm. These are the people mm-hmm. who are showing you the respect to watch your programming, right? Ask you questions, and then you're going to degrade them by calling them a mark or a fanboy? I, I don't get it. So um, back to the original question is it, that that's... Wrestling changes for a lot of people, changes their lives, like baseball, football, whatever. But wrestling on a different level, right? Because it's almost like, you know, I don't, other sports, for some reason, when a wrestler is on a microphone, and especially when we grew up and it was more of an old style with them sitting there with one on one with the announcer, you felt like they were talking to you, Mm. right? And that to me is the difference.
0: Absolutely. It's just, yeah, you can't. People try and bait me. People try and bait me with that. The marks, David. So I'm not, yeah, all right. And that's what you think. <laughs> that's what you think of me. That's fine. Mike, now you've had countless interviews. You know, we're into the hundreds of guests that you've had yourself and Pharaoh on the show. But who would you like to interview that you haven't had on? Who would you like to come into studio? <coughs> I'd love to ask you that. I'm sure there's many. I know you've had a plethora of people you know it's amazing but yeah who's on there that you haven't had so
1: we were going to have jesse ventura on <clears throat> we had some logistical problems at the last minute that was a killer that to me was going to be the ultimate interview for me because jesse was uh when, we, when you talk about jesse ventura forget about just the wrestling aspects of it this guy was a navy seal right yeah, he defended this country uh he was the governor of minnesota He was an actor in movies that we loved, right? And then just add the wrestling onto it. That was going to be maybe one of the hugest, hugest moments. Um, I got to tell you, Stu, you know, with the exception of Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and Hulk Hogan, um, we've pretty much run the gamut here. I I, I said to Pharoah, I'm like, there's not, you know, again, and we we love having return guests, too, because we've become friends with these guys, right? We sit there, we bullshit with them, but... um, (laughs)
0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Yeah, Jesse Ventura would have been the ultimate, ultimate interview. Uh, I was very, very excited for that. So that was a major disappointment. And again, maybe it's for the best because I think maybe I probably wouldn't have been able to speak for the first 20 minutes of the interview. But uh, now, nah, you know what, man, they're all, you know, it's funny. Stu, sometimes you think a guy is coming on and you you don't know what you're going to get. I know, not use Tonga Kid, for example. I'm like, you know, look, Tonga Kid to me was special, right? Because growing up, he's the guy that replaced Snooker for a little bit when Snooker was hurt after the whole Piper angle. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, the, you know, the guy's had a decent career, but where are we going with this? And they just surprise you. And also you're like, wow, this is just incredible. I mean, we don't really do a lot of independent wrestlers, right? We just had an re- independent wrestler on recently. This guy killed it, man. I mean, holy cow. I'm thinking to myself, like, if this guy does an interview like this, you know, who knows what he could have done if he had the had the opportunity to actually – you know, work for an AEW or a WWE. So there's definitely talent out there. I mean, um, but uh, you know, so it, I guess if I had to answer the question, it would be Hulk Hogan. If we had Hulk Hogan on, then we'd probably have reached the pinnacle, and we could probably just call it a day.
0: That's amazing. I, you know, I know, I know. You've had countless people, you know, high standing people who were, you know, so prevalent, man. So yeah, just to see you know that there is there is a couple still on the bucket list man absolutely absolutely right i'm going to get on to Farrow now right because a lot of the time he wears a man manchester united top mm. i'm an i'm an everton fan we've just we've just stayed up we nearly got relegated to the league below uh, yourself are you into soccer or i know you've spoke about baseball and football is soccer do you ever catch any soccer football or our version i,
1: <clears throat> I actually uh, played soccer on the off season growing up I was a football player, but I also played on the off season, And then uh, I actually coached for, I don't know, 14 years of wow. soccer. Wow. Uh, but if you ask me if I'm a huge fan of it, um, I am. But more on the women's side, right? I don't know what it is. Uh, I really enjoy women's sporting events. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I just enjoy it more than men's in a lot of cases. Uh, now, again, baseball like, I, I fear towards men, but on the soccer end and uh, on the uh, wrestling end, it's more towards women. But yeah, um, do I watch European soccer? No, I know Pharaoh is a big European mm-hmm. soccer guy. But Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh is a uh, Jimmy. You know, if I could share some points, Jimmy Jimmy and I were friends very young in age, and then we kind of separated for a very long time, and then we connected, and hence the show started. Um, Jimmy is a. Uh, a really special type of guy, really nice hearted guy who loves sports and can rival anybody in professional wrestling. Meaning his love for professional wrestling is well beyond mine, right? He, uh, he, he loves everything about the sport, the ins, the outs. Um, he respects what they have done for him. Cause again, we talk about our childhood, what these, you know, you know, if you're spending, you, you know, you don't have a lot of friends or something like that, but you had Channel 9 here in New York where that's where they showed the old school WWF stuff. And that's what you had at midnight. I mean, I think that means a lot to your life. So, yeah, Jimmy's, Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy's a special type of guy. Um, I will tell you that this whole thing has changed our outlook on how things are, because, Stu, I don't know who you run into often, or but there's one thing about pro wrestling is I've never met, and I'm going to say this kindly, so many fake people in my life, and I'm not talking about the wrestlers either. The wrestlers are probably the most genuine of yeah. them all. It's these guys that call themselves promoters. It's these guys that call themselves book writers these guys that call themselves producers uh you know they they promoters promoting with Stu. i gotta tell you these guys would sell their mother for a penny and I, I deal with them all the time man and i see them all the time and when we first got into this we were bamboozled by them right because you know again You just think what you see is real when you first get into it. And then as you get to know these people, you go, oh, my God, these guys, like, I wouldn't talk to them if I ever, you know, whatever. And, you know, but I will tell you, this wrestling thing is really, really scary. It's like a warning. To all new podcasters or broadcasters, be very careful out there who you deal with and the stories they tell you, because I will tell you from personal experience, and you heard it from Mike Monty, these guys are frauds, all of them. They're all full of crap. And I can tell, I guarantee it, 99% of the people you're going to run into are just liars. And- not to keep going on this Stu, but the, the reason is right we're all in this together and we're all doing our thing but you know look you're doing this for the love of it right but i'm sure that i'm sure at some point and correct me if i'm wrong you want to be successful right Absolutely. you want to be seen Absolutely. and maybe god willing you could do this as a living right and you know and so everybody's let's let's not let's not fool ourselves here everybody wants their piece of the pie mm-hmm. And everybody's going to fight for that piece of the pie. So when you see Monty on uh, on Stu's podcast, you know, this is a, this doesn't happen often, right? This is respect I have for this man because I see the way he conducts himself. I see the way he speaks to people, and he's a genuinely nice guy. And how do I know that? We've met just traveling, doing this thing together, and we've text back and forth and we've hit each other on Facebook and you can tell genuine people, but you won't see me on a lot of other things because you know what? I don't trust. And, and I'll be honest with you. We don't give a lot of rubs of the year. You know, we get asked for a lot of rubs. We don't do it. Right. We're in this to win it. Right. We're in it to win. We're, you know, we're doing this. We're just not what we did for fun has turned into a business. So we are in this to win it. But again, if you're an aspiring podcaster or broadcaster, because we don't consider ourselves a podcast, don't trust everybody because they will trick you and fool you and drive you to the bottom. So I'm off my soapbox, but I had to just say that
0: life, life lessons, Mike, life lessons, isn't it? Yeah. I I can tell, um, you know, some things you can take with a pinch of salt and it comes across and it comes across, you know, uh, I love love doing this just to to me for a second, but I know if I was to quit doing it tomorrow, somebody else will come in. I'm under no illusions, you know, and it's great. It's great charting all over the world and stuff like that. It's been amazing. But I know if I was to finish tomorrow, somebody else is going to come in I know you can attribute that to other stuff. Uh, it's just its just the nature of it, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, well, but you know what? But just like you just said, you, can, you, you contribute to other stuff.
1: But guess what? You fight in your real life, mm. right? You fight mm. and you fight here. You're going to fight for your piece of pie. So, again, when you see your podcast charting, right? So, listen, Pharaoh will attest to this. I've got analytics and charts all over our office, right? That shows all our sponsors what we're doing. And you can look and guess what? Your podcast is noted there. I you could I graph you every day along with like eight or 10 other guys. And you know what? That's what we're doing here, right? And so again, you love it? There's that's, nothing that's, wrong with loving that's, what you do, that's right? Yeah. But let's not be delusional. We're in this to win it, right? So, again, you know, just I guess, again, it's a it's a sore subject with me because in the beginning, we met some people that really fooled us. And we took a little bit of a beating. And uh, then when you realize all these people are just nothing but frauds. You know what I mean? Then you know, and they know who I'm talking about. By the way, I'm looking directly at them because they know. And usually, I would just say their names. You know, but I'm not going to do this on your podcast. But it's fine. they know who I'm, they know yeah. who I'm talking about. So, and uh, you know what, I call them out. I would call them out every day because you know what. Is one thing I don't believe in dishonesty, so whatever. But you know, again, this let's let, we'll stick to the point. But it, again, I'm, I'll reiterate that you uh, are one of the different guys out there, thank and there's not you. many of them. Thank that's you. That's for sure.
0: I, I, you know, I respect you, and you and Farah, what you do. You know, I look up to you guys. Are, are they, are they, that's just that's just how it is. But no, thank you for the kind words, man. I think, um, I think it's been believable. You can tell when someone's, uh, you know, there's been countless podcasts, especially through COVID and lockdown wrestling it it was just like it was rehashed stuff who am i to say that somebody can't do a podcast but i was watching some of it mike and i'm just like it's not engaging man you know there'll be some people that don't like the way i i do it uh you know that and that's fine that's fine but uh it was just rehashed stuff people reviewing stuff that it's been done time and time again mike Well, remember what you're doing is different than what
1: other people are doing, right? So, you know, you might have a lot of real popular podcasts out there that get thousands and thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of views, right? And they're doing weekly recaps. But this is, so here's here's the ticker or the warning to this whole thing. When you're doing that, no one's going to go back to find out what happened on Monday Night Raw on March 5th of 2022. At the time. Maybe people wanted to know, and you got your your quick hit, okay? But the stuff you're doing is stuff that people are going to look back well after you're gone, okay? And it will last the test of time. So you, you, your approach is the right approach. And, again, to sit there and, uh, you know – Again, a lot of stuff isn't engaging. I listen to these guys who claim to be these experts that have been traveling around the world. And they've been in the wrestling world for 30-something years. And these guys have the same line every show. It's like, write yourself some new material, please. I mean, look, uh, talking about our show, I think that's what makes our show different. Jimmy and I have been friends for a long time. So... This is not like we have a script, right? There is a script, right? There's bullet points that we're going to hit, but our conversations are not scripted. But that comes with two people that are very close friends that don't necessarily agree on 99% of the things that go on in life, much less wrestling. And we have a conversation and the conversation translates well, uh, in my opinion, um, That's what differentiates ourselves from each other. And I think when the wrestlers are in there, they realize that, too. This is not your regular wrestling show. I don't have to sit there and talk about 1978, what I did. We're just going to talk about whatever hit us this day. It doesn't matter. And, And that is the beauty of the show. And that's the beauty of your show. And that's the difference maker. So, again... You know, these people that are around, they may be getting this, this, these hits at this point, but it won't last. It's not sustainable. Sustain being sustainable is the secret here. And uh so again, I think I think we're on the on the right pace here.
0: Absolutely. Well put, Mike. Well put as well. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it, man. Now in closing, I'd just like to know what's coming up. On Monty and the Pharaoh, what's coming up? Obviously, I know you've got scheduled scheduled stuff every week as well. I, I'm aware of everything that goes on, but yeah, for the for the viewers and listeners who haven't seen your stuff, just to let them know what's coming up on the schedule, man.
1: So just for so people that may not know us and you're, you're, you're just catching us for the first time. And thank you again, Stu, for having me on. Farrow obviously sleeping. That guy, that's all he does is sleep. So <laughs> he only wakes up for the show. He's like a vampire, right? <laughs> Thursdays at 9 o'clock and then he goes back in his coffin until next Thursday. Um, it's Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Okay, it's a television show. It's seen about by 100,000 viewers weekly. Uh, we're on all social media. The the show is two friends that discuss wrestling and also do interviews with legends of the past and possible legends of the future. Uh, we've had every superstar you can think of. You can catch us on all social media and see who we've had catch old interviews. They're very engaging. Um, we've had some actual social media wars with some other podcasts that have translated well. And when I mean translated, they were done in fun, uh, with some seriousness, well, a lot of seriousness, um, but upcoming guest: uh, we're looking at Greg Valentine in Amazing. July. Amazing. Uh, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, we were supposed to have Gary Wolf, uh, Vito, Big Vito, and Shane Douglas. Again, Shane's been a regular on the show, but we had some producers. So Vito will be, be at back in studio. And again, my expectations is we'll have Greg Gagne on the show. Listen, if they wrestled, they will be on the show. And you know, And then we have our regulars. And again, on the channel... We've got also other shows, so if even if you're not a wrestling fan, you could go to our YouTube channel, which is just YouTube page or Patreon page. Uh, we've got uh, Dave Hebler, who's the bodyguard for Elvis. We've got Macho Man Days, which yes. is the Macho Man impersonator. I've
0: had, I've had, I've had much, I've had much on.
1: I love hey. that interview with you and him. And by the way, you got a nice little hit on the dirt sheets too, right?
0: Yes, so that's pretty good. yes, they picked it up. That's always a bonus, Mike. You know, it's always nice to see it in print form.
1: Tell me how you feel when you see yourself on the dirt sheets.
0: Uh, I'm fine because it's all been positive, but maybe there is some negative. I'd love to hear some negative, Mike, and I'd take it on board as well. But that—that's just—it it is positive. But I know for a fact, people—people have slated me. I just—I I just get, you know, when you get an aura. You know, what you're saying about trusting people and the trust the level of trust is like what's What's actually being said? It's quite—it's it, quite funny to me. But, well, you know, as you get bigger,
1: it's just going to keep happening. Yeah you know yeah. what i mean and but you know what believe what you do stick to what you have and uh yeah you know what look dude you can't be everything to everybody you know when farrow and me were first doing it the comments that were said about our show farrow used to go crazy seriously get these guys off block them i'm like everybody has a right to their opinion yeah. man and you know what that's why we do this you want to put yourself in the public eye you're gonna have to take some feedback. So you can't be everything to everybody. Be true to yourself and be honest. And don't be a pro wrestling expert who lies all the time and just talks a lot of bull crap, I right?
0: Think, I think the fact Bill Bill ran it, Bill's Bill's the ultimate for me, Bill At the amazing, amazing. The fact he he ran it and he paraphrased the show, yeah. man. And I've been trying to get Bill on for three years. We've had back and forth. Uh, I, I love Bill. I love Bill. And what you Bill, know. Bill after was one of my
1: favorite interviews. Uh, another legend in this industry. And again, to have him mark your show you see you know i'm watching you now right we yes. didn't even talk about this of course we've no, never know,
0: discussed this off camera no i know
1: everything that's going on that's my job <laughs> right i'm the business guy and you know i'm the straight man of this whole operation and i'm watching what everybody's doing because guess what you could always learn from someone too right you know how you said like you watch some of these shows and they're just awful but guess what sometimes there's gold in there if you yes. listen enough you could go hmm Kind of like that. Like that approach. Could use that, maybe. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you ask Farrell, Farrell, will tell you he don't watch anybody. He doesn't care about anybody, but he's full of shit. So um, <laughs> my my point is, bro, is uh, just, yeah, I'm, I just keep plugging along. Again, people got to realize, right, there's charts out there. There's true analytics out there. And, Stu, <laughs> you're a charter. I can name a lot of people that are not charters. So, you know, Understand it's, that what you're doing is making a
0: difference. It, it's just a bonus, the charting. I, I you know, going back to that, uh, as as long as as long as I'm enjoying it. Uh, it, it's lovely. It's lovely to see Apple and all that and, and doing so well, but yeah, it's just it's, the, the day I don't enjoy it is the day I call it a day. <laughs> but, yeah, and there's been a few times oh, since 2019 where I've been close to calling it a day. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Uh, but that's my well, per- personal. What made you, what made you decide that, it, that you wanted to be done? It was just like personal headspace. I've had, I've had stuff go, go on on the years. I've had some mental health stuff. I take, I take medication and, um, uh, you know but at the end of the day it, it, it's like my uh, version of serotonin you know they say go to the gym go for a run that's what the podcast is to me it's my serotonin it's my good, good vibes. For you. so that you know uh and, and you know we kept it's just been amazing the people we've had on oh, Mike you know you know yourself just the stories man I've always been inquisitive I've always I've always asked questions as a, you know in life so that, that's that's why man
1: well, you got to keep going at it, man. And you know what? It's like you always got to get trials and tribulations in life, right? And uh, you just got to work through it. And, uh, you know, again, we've almost called it quits. I mean, me and Farrow, we broke up a year in, right? We had a few arguments, and then uh, we got past it. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's a tough go. And, again, we're a little – look, you're younger than me, but uh, we're late to the game in this whole thing, right? Yes. People have been doing this a very yes. long time. Okay. So, to you know – to achieve what they've achieved, look, there is something called first-to-market. So if you're first-to-market, doesn't mean you're better. It just means that you've got the advantage of being first-to-market. And if you've been around for four or five years, a four or five-year jump's a big deal. These guys have been doing this stuff since 1998, whether they've been doing it on their phones or whatever else they've been doing, right? It's a long – that's a head start. So they've already built their fan base. So when they're venturing into YouTube and all this other stuff – it's only natural their fans are going to follow them, right? It takes a, takes a while to get, to get a following. But the cream will always, like your man macho man said, will always rise to the top. And you know what? You're talking to two people. You, Monty and we're the cream of the crop. And we will take down everybody else in the future. Just a matter of time. They could smell us coming, dude. They could smell us coming. So watch out.
0: Thank you, man. Thank you my guest it is nearly 10 past six on the east coast of america in long island he's an early riser it is co-host of the fantastic monty and the pharaoh they have got so much great content you can get him on on television in your area you're across you're across everything man. all the podcast apps youtube there's clips as well mike yeah just thank you thank you so much for the content and the guys in wrestling man that you know, we're working over 300 days a year to provide you know ultimately for the families and their stories. So yeah, just thank you. And and I love I love Monty and the Pharaoh. I'm not just saying that because we're on camera either. You know, you know how much I well, respect. Well, it's okay. You,
1: it's okay if you did anyway. But I got to say thank you for having an opportunity to spend this hour with you. Thank you for allowing me on Stu's Pro Wrestling Podcast. And uh, again, much respect, sir. And uh, we will see each other in the future. And uh, God bless.
0: Thank you. Great, great insight there from Mike. A huge, huge wrestling fan and so many matches that he got to see. Iconic matches from Madison Square Garden, as you got to hear. And I look forward to see what is coming in the future with Monty and the Pharaoh. They've got much cast. They've got so many extra shows that they broadcast weekly it's amazing you know to be able to put together all those shows and put them out at a high level at such a high level is inspiring to me a big big thank you to evade escape as you've heard in the intro and outro it is charade available on all platforms music platforms youtube you name it please 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 give evade escape a follow as always a big big thank you to chris for editing and making us look so slick A big thank you to the mad dog Mike Angus for the show intro there. And we will see you very, very soon for episode 120.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the Bride and Groom?